Welcome to Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns podcast, brought to you by Maya Skyrika and Gia. We are eclectic practitioners, and our podcasts are designed for listeners in any stage of their chosen magical path. Please join our Facebook or go to our webpage for podcast extras. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns. We are here with Maya and Gia to talk about the Claire's. The Claire's are the psychic abilities at I Am Lily of the Light, joining them for this amazing conversation. So today we're going to go through all the Claire's, which are all the senses used in your psychic abilities. And we are going to start with clairvoyance. This means clear sight. Clairvoyance has a lot of different aspects to it that make it one of the diverse more diverse clairs out there so it can involve seeing energies around people and auras it can involve seeing spirits ghosts ancestors ascended masters and angels it can also be seeing the past present or future including remote viewing so a lot of people, uh, this is a more common gift, and it's really cool because it is so multifaceted. So hello, ladies. How are you doing today? Good. Let's jump right in. So what is the strongest clairvoyant uh, aspect that each of you have in, in your lives, in your spiritual and psychic abilities? I have a few. Um I see dead people. Um, that's one. Uh, seeing, like, actually visualizing angels, guardians, uh, my spirit animal totem, my my totem animals, what they're doing. Like, I can see when one of my spirit animals at the end of the night likes to lay down at the foot of my bed. Um, I actually see him. He's a big guy, too, so he takes up a good portion of the foot of the bed. Um, And then there's, I actually was blessed and cursed with a photographic memory, which bleeds through into the clairvoyancy, because not only can I recall images, numbers, and such, the very moment I see them, but oftentimes when they represent in my mind without me trying to recall them, like when I need to take my test for a biology class and I, you know, I've already got it all in my head, but also when it's a sign that something's going to happen, that image will flash in my mind. Very cool. I love it. And so uh, mine, clairvoyance is actually one of the psychic gifts that I use the most often. And it's probably one of my primary ones that that comes up like the strongest for me. And I can see the past, present, future. I, I like this gift. I have all different facets of it. Seeing people's auras and energy really helps with doing Reiki and energy healing on clients uh, during sessions. And being able to see spirits and communicate with angels and 
and stuff like that is always um, nice to be able to describe to people like what Great Uncle Earl looked like for Mm. accuracy and readings and stuff. So I use this in like my daily life, but then I also use it in like sessions and professional work that I do through my business, Lily of the Light, to to help clients. So this is for me, this is one of my my favorite gifts that I have for myself and um, being able just to like visualize and know what a room looks like when I'm doing an energy healing uh, and space clearing for somebody to know like what corner needs the most work and stuff because I can visualize it is always really helpful. So those are those are kind of the ways that that I use them. How about how about you, Maya? I don't have a lot of clairvoyance and the the times that I've experienced it have pretty much frightened me. I try try to block it at those times. The only time that I can honestly say that I've experienced clairvoyance is when I've seen like astral entities, things that are not necessarily dead people. There's I remember that time, Maya, where you and I were working on seeing each other's um, auras. And you not only could see my auras, but you could also see my various selves. Which I thought was really stinking cool when you were were describing it. And it it was so cool. I mean, it gave us... It gave us both the chills because one of myself looks really scary and she's, you know, her, her, her bark is worse than her bite, but yeah, it was, I could do that. I'd say for me, it's one of my weaker ones. I, I don't experience that often. Yeah. And like with, with having gifts, you're, you're born with your gifts and there's no, as we go through this topic, there's no one that's better or worse than the other. This just mm-hmm. happens to be the first one that we're talking about. And if you're born with the gift or you want to grow clairvoyance, um, I always suggest doing little exercises to figure out what technique works best for you. So some people, their clairvoyance only happens with their eyes closed. Some people, their clairvoyance only happens with their eyes open or with like a soft gaze where, you know, everything is unfocused. And so if you think that you might have clairvoyance or you want to work on it, choose something that's still um, like a plant and you'll be able to see the energy around it. And then just use it with your eyes open, closed, unfocused vision, that type of thing. This is a great way just to get comfortable with it. And I suggest when you start to do it with a living thing, again, like a plant, if your animal is sleeping, like your pet or something, that's a great option too, as opposed to doing with like a bookcase. While everything has energy, psychometry is the ability to like use objects and read objects. And that's not what we want you to do. We just want you to use your clairvoyance. And so try it on a living thing that has its own energy, that has its own aura um, to, to be able to start that. And I, I think that that's just a nice basic rule when when you're learning is just to try a bunch of different ways to figure out what way works for you and and not to judge like yes. there's no right or wrong way to do this right I mean 
we all, everyone here does it differently. All three of us do it differently, right? Well, and that is correct. And off that point, for any of our darker side of the moon listeners, if, if you like the darkness and you want to try to amplify this or work on it, this is going to sound kind of spooky to some out there, but go outside, put your lawn chair on your back patio or what have you, where it's dark, and surround yourself with that nighttime darkness and focus in on all the shapes that you see moving around. Oftentimes those shapes that you see moving around are actually spiritual shapes. And don't invite, of course, fear into your heart when you do this. So if it's something that would scare you, don't do this method. It's not going to work very well for you. It's going to possibly even blow up in your face. But for those that can do this and darkness doesn't scare you, it's, it's a real fast way it's to throw yourself to the wolves and, and amplify and practice and hone in on that skill. So yeah. <laughs> Clairvoyance is great. Um, We're all big fans. And like like Gia said, you can go on a little bit more darker. You can do it in a brightly lit room. You can, there's lots of different techniques. And like I said, I use this in my daily life. It's one of my favorite uh, methods and techniques to, to really delve into. And it is very common to use. Now, I would like to talk about the one, um, and I'm going to have to turn it over to my co-hosts for this, clairaudient is clear sound. It's your, your sense of hearing. And for me, I, I call myself a Swiss Army psychic. I have every single gift out there except this one. The only clairaudient I've ever had is white noise. It's just, you know, that white noise. Um, But it's being able to hear things, hear music, hear voices, hear messages. And this includes, this is a a nifty thing about clairaudience. You can also hear it as your inner monologue. That you're getting psychic messages through your inner monologue that you couldn't have gotten any other way. So I think that's an aspect of clairaudience that isn't talked about a lot or um, acknowledged as part of a psychic ability. It's not having an inner monologue. It's having the voice of the inner monologue giving you psychic messages. That's super cool. So as as far as my co-hosts go, like clairaudient hearing, jump into it. I know you guys got stories that are just awesome that I that I love hearing about because it's something so outside of my scope. Tons, tons. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let Maya roll with this because I know that this is a huge, huge one for her. I would say that this is probably my stronger one out of like all of the ones we're going to talk about. Um, As a young child, I think I trained myself into this without even knowing about it by trying to hear things in other rooms or um, in distances um, where, you know, you're straining kind of to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, But so for Claire audience for me, a lot of times I hear it as myself talking to myself in my head. You know the joke where they say, you know, 
go ahead and talk to yourself, but <laughs> if you answer yourself, you're crazy or whatever. <laughs> no, that's I answer not myself really... all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's not really true, but um, so <clears throat> a lot of the times it would start with. I, kind, I would almost explain it like a dream, almost. Mm -hmm. um, and then you will hear your inner dialogue telling you things. Um, another uh, thing that happened to me much, much later in life, um, Gina, I was, I was living in the cities at this time. Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed that when I start focusing on something really hard, like my working from home, mm -hmm. I would start hearing voices. Uh, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's many. Sometimes I'm hearing, you know, a whole, what, what I would say, TV or phone conversation. And there were times where I would get up and I would leave the room and I'd start looking. Like, did the TV get left yeah. on? Like, what is that? It's really starting to kind of, you know, annoy me a little bit. Um, and I started taking notes. I started taking notes on a bunch of it. It was almost like, um, you remember the times of like CB radio or when yes. you could pick up cell phone signals and stuff like that on scanners. Yep. So like, imagine that like sitting somewhere and hearing a bunch of stuff happening on a scanner or a CB radio. That's kind of like how it comes in for me. And when I started taking notes and stuff like that, I, I had showed it to my husband and I'm like, Look at this. Look, this is this is what's happening when I'm working. Like I, I hear all this stuff. It means nothing to me. Why am I hearing it? Like I can't help anybody. I can't share with anybody. I don't know who this message belongs to. I don't know what to do with this. And he goes, you know, when have you ever heard a time where hearing voices is a good thing? Mm. He's like, you're scaring me. You really need to go and see a mental health professional. Mm. Well, then he scared me. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess I could be becoming schizophrenic. I, you know, um, and I did go into a mental health professional and we had the conversation about it. And she asked me some really pertinent questions in case any of you out there are wondering. Uh, I wouldn't advise anybody to not go to a mental health professional if they're being bothered by it. But what she had asked me is she said, so are they talking to you? And I'm like, no. And she said, are they asking you to do things? No. Are they troublesome or bothersome to you? Well, no, other than kind of being a little annoying sometimes. Um, she said, then I really wouldn't worry about it. It doesn't sound to me like you have any mental health issues or concerns that we need to talk about. And I went home and I was like, huh, well, isn't that something? Uh, and then I found out um, about three years ago that my grandfather hears music all the time. He'll start repeating and singing sonics and sonnet, sonnets and songs and stuff like that uh, that are not of our period. And I'm like, huh, well, that's interesting. Maybe it's genetic. That's so cool. I love that. And that is, um, you bring up a good point. Not always, but there are many, many situations in which 
psychic abilities run in families and being a healer runs in families. And so it's your, your parents, your grandparents, you know, the cool aunt, that type of thing can absolutely have gifts. Um, and I think that that is just really a really cool aspect of, of doing this is that that can be something you share with your ancestors and your heritage and you can tap into your ancestors for help. So I, I love that. Awesome. And I think for this one, or for, for most of these, I'll do a podcast extra on like things that you can try and things that you can um, play around with to increase your chances or abilities in these areas. Um, like for me, mine was training myself at a very young age to try to hear things in another room. There's all kinds of techniques and games and stuff like that can that can be played. Um, one of the things that I read was if you wanted to train your ears, um, try replaying music that you've heard and just listening to one instrument in the background from start to finish to listen to all the subtleties. And you're training your ear to focus on one thing then. Um, or try to hear specific sounds in your mind. Like um, everybody knows like the sounds of a train. Uh, first thing that me people go to is probably mostly familiar or similar, but then you can also start changing it. Like not just the train horn, but now hear the tracks, hear the wind, he you know, hear the movement and play around with different um, distances that you would hear it and stuff like that. And you can train your ears to be more clairaudient. I love that. That's an awesome tip. Uh, Gia, what about your clairaudience, your ability to hear? What, what fun, cool <laughs> things did, did, did you get into? Oh gosh, there's there's been a lot. I mean, I hear I hear things every day. Um one of the things that is not my favorite aspect of of clear audience is I can hear people's thoughts and intentions in their minds. It's Sometimes it's it's cool because you know if you if you run into someone and you're you're like oh I'm not sure about this person but then you hear their thoughts and you're like oh they have actually pretty nice intentions then great but like I remember one time when I was in my twenties um, my sister and I were walking into a restaurant in Uptown and there were a group of guys standing at the entrance of the door just shooting the shit. And my sister and I walked through and I heard one of the guys basically say all the different ways he would sexually violate me in his head. And I didn't really know that this was a gift. And I turned around and told him that he was a disgusting douchebag creep. <laughs> and he looked at me like, what the hell? But it was because I actually heard his thoughts of what he wanted to do to me. But I, he didn't actually say it out loud. And so he was confused. I was angry. <laughs> it, it was very interesting. But yeah, there's, there's a lot where it, 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 
there's the good and the bad of it. There's, um, I hear oftentimes when something is going to happen, um, it's, it's interesting because sometimes kind of the way Maya explained it, it, it comes in with other people talking and then there are times where I can hear myself, but it doesn't fully sound like myself. Um, I can hear my spirit guides. Uh, it, the interesting part is being able to have a conversation with them. And I, I personally did not go the mental health route for this, but my familial history also has a lot of um, psychics in it. And so it was, it was kind of taught from generation to generation that, that this was acceptable. And, and, and so I, I was pretty fortunate in that aspect. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, to clarify about a little bit about Claire audience, like, um, I want to, I'm so sorry, everyone. My brain is fried. <laughs> um, uh, clear audience and telepathy, uh, hearing people's thoughts are, are slightly different, uh, gifts and abilities. So they're not, they're not synonyms. And so if, if you can't hear people's thoughts, it's okay. It's not, uh, it's not always clear audience. Um, so yeah, that's, I think clear audience is really cool. I think people who can use it with music are epic. Oh yeah. Um, so I'd like to talk about um, the one that is, I would say the most misunderstood one is clear sentience. And be the reason why it is so misunderstood is because of discernment, being able to tell what's yours and not yours for um for sensations uh experiencing things how other people experiencing them and this can get really messy especially with like physical sensations feeling pressure if someone in your head if someone else has a headache but also feeling like uh sometimes physical sensations or emotions uh of someone that they're not actually yours and it can cause a lot of confusion so I know that for me with being clairsentient, this is one that I had to do my discernment the most with because as a teenager and a people pleaser, I dated all the wrong people because I felt everything that they were feeling as my own. And I truly think that anyone who is empathic or clairsentient or, or intuitive in any way needs to learn grounding, shielding, and discernment before they date because it just gets messy. And it took me far too long to figure out that's what was happening because I would I would do these things and quite frankly I would sleep with some people as as consenting humans do and then after I'd be like driving home and going I never really liked that person so why did I like them so much when I was in the room with them and so like into them and everything and it was because of clairsentience and so I think that. For me, this one um, obviously had a lot of life lessons with it. I feel like the biggest uh, b 
benefit of clairsentient is being compassionate. You, when you feel someone else's pain, when you feel someone else's confusion or grief, you, you just have this immense compassion for them. And with, with doing discernment to figure out, you know, what's yours, a great question to ask. And I always tell people when I'm teaching, uh, the Claire's in any kind of class setting is, is this mine? And you will ask it at nauseum. You will ask it constantly and just get used to asking it constantly because you're meant to, uh, until you figure out what's yours and not yours. Always ask, is it mine? Is it not mine? Because quite frankly, you could be feeling someone else's hunger and (laughs) eating when you don't need to eat. You could be feeling sorrow and feeling shitty about yourself and having self-hatred when it's not yours. It is not your responsibility to take on anyone else's emotions or sensations. So this one for me, I find to be very confusing. So what, Gia and Maya, what uh, tips, tricks... Anything like that do you guys have about clairsentient? I wanted to real quick, because Maya and I have used this together quite a few times, where if, if one of us feels the pain of the other, then we take that and we ask the other if it's okay to help do a healing or even share sometimes that burden. And so it, 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 it's also incredibly useful, but you have to be careful with it as well. Like, like you said, Lily, I mean, you have to know what's yours and what's someone else's. But when you do know what is someone else's, then, um, you you can utilize that to help with the healing process for them. Yes, and this is all done like um we're all fairly close um in, in this group me and my co-hosts and stuff. So now is our obligatory little PSA for y'all. Everything we discuss is done with consent. You never get to invade someone's privacy psychically. Um, Even if you have gifts, you are not entitled to anything. So when we feel each other's emotions or you may feel someone else's emotions, like you can have a psychic ability, but be aware consent is key. Don't go rooting around in anyone's, in anyone's business. So um, it's an incredibly powerful thing, like, like Gia said, to feel something with someone and then help them heal from it and do it communally. And I did this. um, I had a friend who I was super close to for many, many years and I was driving home um, and I had crippling pain in my legs, like almost swerve and crash my car type thing. It was so terrifying. And I messaged him that night and I had said, are you in a lot of pain? And he said, yes, I am. And I said, we have to disconnect tonight because I almost crashed my car. We cannot keep this strong of a connection going all the time because that, like, I'm so sorry you're in pain, but I cannot feel your pain when I am driving. I need to use my legs uh, for the pedals. And so, um, yeah, we, we were still super close, but we had disconnected so that we couldn't feel each other's pain all the time and stuff because it, it can be intense. People feel, feel in other people's stuff. It, it, it's a beautiful connection and it can be really intense. 
Well, 100%. I know I I have a family member who um, she sometimes feels my pain, but her her mind's not trained and open to the world that we live in. And so being able to tell her, you know, this, this is a thing <laughs> and you need to be able to disconnect is oftentimes difficult, but just real fast. So I was in a really bad car accident when I was 19 years old. And it was my second time I had a traumatic brain injury. At the moment of impact, my family member, who was at middle school, flew out of her chair, hit the ground as if someone came up and hit her upside the head with a baseball bat. We were in two totally different suburbs. And I just, I mean, it, you know, thinking about it now, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool ability, but wow. Yes. A lot of precautions with it. Yeah. It's, it's an intense one to be sure, to be sure. It's, um, it's, it's a beautiful experience to, to have with people. And you can also use, if you're having trouble with discernment, um, you can incorporate tools into it. So pendulums, dousing rods, uh, things that you can ask yes or no questions with, um, ask them, is this mine? And then, and then wait for, for the dousing rod or like put it over certain parts of your body to see if there's an imbalance that is susceptible to, to feeling other people's emotions when really you should be shielding. So those would be my, my tips and tricks for those just starting with clairsentient is if you can't discern on your own, no shame get yourself a tool. That is what they are there for. They are amazingly um, versatile and useful with, with clairsentient. I'd like to kind of point out too, that clairsentience and clair empathy are very, very similar. But one of the bigger differences between the two is clair empathy a lot of the times you are in the presence or in the energy um, field of another person. It's more about their feelings, their moods, and so on. Where clairestians can be feeling how they're experiencing things differently, kind of like what Gia was saying, where you have an experience similar to someone else's experience, but it doesn't always have to be like the emotional or mood type way. Uh, I have an example that's really similar to Gia's. Um, there was a company that I worked for overnights for a few years, and um we had a group of ladies that always took break around the same time, same time every, you know, two, three times a night. And we would sit and chat and we would smoke and, and we all got to know each other pretty well, just shooting the shit during these breaks. And there was one night where all of us were at the table except one girl. And 
someone had asked, hey, has anybody heard from so-and-so? Is she not here today? And all of a sudden, I got a piercing smack to my head and fell backwards out of my chair. And Mm. it caused a commotion. I was completely stupefied. I was holding my head. And they're like, what is going on? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And I said, and I was, I was talking like completely nonsense. I, I, I said, I don't know my head, my head. Oh my God, my head. I feel like I smacked a windshield or something and I cracked my head and it's bleeding everywhere. It took me a long time to come down from that because it didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand it. Why would I say something like that? Well, the following day at break time, we found out that the girl that was missing had a major car accident Mm. and she did hit the windshield and she got a brain injury and then she was out for eight months. Wow, that's that's powerful. Like sometimes these gifts come out of left field, you know, very they're they're not always like we'd love to say like, oh, yeah, we're all so badass. We can just, you know, predict everything and control everything. But really, it's the universe. It's the gods. It's it's the ancestors. It's all these other things that that are incredibly powerful, you know, and and amazing. And I think, you know, that's just it's a beautiful connection and it very much shows the oneness of, of the human experience within clairsentient. To add well, one think- more thing to that too, Maya, as you're explaining that, and, and this is for those that want to work on training two of this, go back, rewind, re-listen, close your eyes, And you will sense, you just, you got to focus. You will sense what Maya felt in that moment. If you're visual, you could see what she was seeing in that moment. You could hear in that moment. These are the things, because when you're, you're, you're describing that story, Maya, of what happened, those are the things, I mean, I got goosebumps. I, you know, could instantly start to feel that sensation that you were describing. And understand that sometimes we dismiss what we, what we feel as, as, as being, you know, empathy is amazing, but we dismiss it as just being like a, just a form of, of basic empathy when in fact it can actually also be a Claire. Well, and can I just say in my honest opinion, I don't think that I would have had that experience if somebody hadn't said, has anybody seen her today? Mm -hmm. Is she working? Because that made me sit and wonder. That was the trigger. I think it was a trigger. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that was incredibly like, you're right. Triggers are amazing. Like being able to, to tap into energy. So as we're talking about all these different abilities and psychic gifts, you can tap into them. Uh, you're training with them and getting used to them and discerning with them. 
uh, they will grow and shift and, and beautifully evolve with you. And one of the things that will happen is you'll have like a dimmer switch where you can have them on full blast and connect to people. And then you can also turn them way down. I strongly suggest turning them way down when you're driving. Uh, that is not the place to practice for anything. Um, so it's it's amazing that these triggers can can really impact us. So the one I want to talk about next is actually a really cool one. Now, as we get into some of these other ones, I want to remind everyone, all gifts are equal and all of them are super cool. And um, I will give you examples at the end of why they are all cool, because uh, some people like to think that some are better than others or more uh, versatile and more usable, like clairvoyance, a lot of people think, you know, is the best one because it's so mainstream and it's on so many TV shows and stuff. But that's not the case. They are all equal. They are all fabulous and they can all change your life. So this next one is a lesser known one of the Claire's of the senses, Claire aliens, being able to smell. And what a lot of people forget is scent is our strongest sense attached to memory. So when you work within Claire Aliant, you can summon up a lot of experiences with mediumship, which is communicating with spirits and ghosts and ancestors and loved ones. And it is, it is incredibly powerful to have the ability to smell that way. And so that's that's Claire Aliant. Ajia, I know you have a lot of examples or, or some very interesting examples of Claire Aliant. Can you go into those, please? Yes. Um, so this is where we can say I smell disease. I smell death. I smell birth. I, you know, those kinds of things. So think about those. Keep those in mind. Um, one example, uh, I, I do actually smell disease. And I can smell when a diabetic person is in need of insulin. Now, you can look up the smell of diabetes, and it will give you a very clear description of it. It is kind of a fruity smell, um, kind of like a clean chemical chemical fruity smell is the best i can describe it as i uh the guy i was dating at the time we were asleep and like someone like taking their majestic spiritual hand and flicking the hell out of my forehead to wake me up the the moment i shot up out of bed the room just filled my sense of smell with this chemical, fruity, clean smell. And so I started, sounds kind of weird, but I, I reached over to smell my boyfriend because he is diabetic. And the, the scent got so strong as I brought my nose closer to him that I instantly knew something was wrong at that point. And so I, I nudged him awake and I said, I think you need to check your blood sugar now. And he was kind of stumbling a little. So I helped him, you know, to get his bag. Um, he checked his blood sugar and sure enough, he needed insulin right away. I, oh my he, gosh, that yeah, is just he, wild. He looked at me and he was like, 
how? I go, I have no idea, but I can smell it. And then we, of course, had the conference. He was like, does it stink? And I go, actually, no, it smells really good, but it smells like something's wrong, you know? Whereas um, smelling the difference between when someone has a viral infection versus a bacterial infection versus a fungal infection, it's actually one of one of the many reasons I went down the original path of attempting to finish off pre-med to go to med, med school is because that, that, that ability is so strong. Um, also smelling storms, not just smelling the rain, but smelling whether or not the storm is going to be violent, going to produce tornadoes, or if it's just, it's going to be a basic thunderstorm. Um, getting a scent because I, I lived in Colorado. I'm from Colorado originally, but I lived there for so long and there's so many wildfires and getting the scent of wildfire before wildfire even breaks out. Again, I mean, that, 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 that's, you know, it's, it's a foretelling. Something's going to happen. There's going to be a wildfire. It's going to be close warning um yeah i i have lots of examples of it but i i actually i've become pretty naughty because i i often try to dull my sense of smell because it it, it it's very overwhelming especially when you go out in public you know and you don't want to go up to people and say oh you've got this wrong with you or you got that wrong with you because then they just, you know, they're just going to start the whole panic and freak out mode and, or they're going to slap you or, you know, whatever, which I mean, well, I don't care about getting slapped, but. Well, and like we've discussed, it's a consent thing. Um, it is. Having gifts does not entitle any of us, no matter how potent ours are, you know, like Gia and myself and Maya, we, we, we experience our gifts all the time. But if you experience something around someone else, you know, don't share it mm -hmm. it's not your place um if they are a close friend you can always ask i i ask i got a psychic ping do you want to hear it um yes. i got a psychic ping uh in a business meeting at the end of the business meeting and i'm like do you want to know this and they're like yes and, <laughs> and we discussed it and it was awesome but like it was all consent based it was not me just saying hey guess what so it's I feel like that's that's something that uh, we need to reiterate, not because we don't understand it, but because um, some of our listeners, some of you wonderful people are new to this and don't. It's so second nature to us to not do things without consent to to, you know, respect boundaries. But these things are super cool. So it's hard not to be like, oh, my God, I want to tell somebody when right? when it happens. Um, so I think that that's that's an important thing to talk about. And at this um, at this juncture. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns. I also want to remind you that the more you like, share, follow, comment, the more this reaches people. And you may love it or you may find it useful. More people will. Your friends will. It's it's an incredibly cool podcast. This is also an incredibly interesting topic for us to be discussing. And I feel like it could help a lot of people. So if you feel so inclined, please remember to share it. Uh, and just, if you like us, you know, let us know, or 
if you guys want to hear something super specific, if you guys have a topic you really like, let us know. We want to talk about what you, what the listeners want to hear about, because I don't know if you can tell or not, but we'll talk about almost anything. And it's awesome. However, we, we want to talk about what you guys want to hear about. So please, we'd love to hear from you uh, when, when you have a chance. So that's um, Claire Alien. Do we have anything else to say about the sniffy sniff smelly smell of Claire Alien, ladies? Uh, one thing, if you really do want to get out there and give it a try, I suggest go to nature first, all right? So get out in nature, walk through the woods, immerse yourself in the different smells, and then when you get used to the different smells of nature, you can start to focus on a tree and start smelling the tree. And when you've smelled the tree, you know the smell of it. And you can also tell eventually what kind of, if there was an animal who brushed by it recently. Um, things like that. You can smell flowers, um, smell, you know, whether they've recently been worked on by bumblebees and such. These things are very simple, but they can help you to really hone in and develop that scent start this this sense more so that you can work towards the actual clarabet. Yes, I I think that's that's really true. So we have time for one more Claire, one more of the senses, and then we are actually going to have to split this because I, I gotta tell you, this topic is so awesome and fascinating and I could talk about it forever. So we're gonna split this into a two-parter, but I wanna end with Claire Gustance and then give you some examples um of that so claire gustance is taste it is highly underrated it is super cool it is very unique um the way the best story that i have is super impactful so i am a psychic spiritual advisor and um if you guys ever want a session lilyofthelight.com but i had a client and we were doing reiki so i was doing reiki on her and then afterwards, we talk about any, you know, psychic messages that came through. And she looked at me and this was her first time experiencing Claire Gustin. So let me be clear. It was it was incredibly powerful for her. And she said, I taste bubble gum. And I said, OK. And she said, no, her boyfriend from several years ago had passed away and it was the bubble gum that he always chewed. And that's what she was tasting because he was in the room with her and that was her being able to acknowledge that he was in the room and then we had uh, a mediumship session where we actually got to talk to her boyfriend who had passed and so just by tasting bubblegum and that is amazing to me that Claire Gustins can be can be used to to make you think of loved ones and and experience those types of things with them whenever i get Claire Gustins I make an odd noise and um, when people see it, it's actually a weird face too, but it is a like smacking. So I'll go <laughs> because I'm, I'm like trying to taste something that's in my mouth. That's not actually in my mouth. So I, I like making a lot of <laughs> smacking noises and it is as funny as you all are thinking that I look when I do it. Yes, it is. It is that funny. Someday someone's going to catch it on film and I promise I'll post it all over social media. And so I had a um, a sensei. I, I took Japanese language for for several years to be able to read, write, and speak it fluently. And my sensei 
he started, I remember the very first class, the very first day. And one of the things he said is, I expect all of you to be laughing with each other, at each other, at yourselves, because the best way to learn the language is to act like a little kid, because it's the little kid mind that opens you up to being able to absorb more of the information. And doing that is kind of like the kid self, right? When you're, when you're, I can actually hear you making the noise. <laughs> and it's one of those things that you're, you're, you, it, it, it's a tool and it's, it's, you know, you can use that tool with this. I have one more thing too, um, to add to that. And I, I love the culinary arts. I'm a foodie. And if you want something kind of easy to try, when when you so you can taste anger if someone made something while they were angry you can taste when someone makes something when they're sad and same with happiness and so you can kind of play around with that right like the next time you're feeling down go make some food and then the next time you're feeling up go make some food and in both instances Write down what you're tasting. Make the same food for each. And you would be surprised at what you could discover with that, where you can actually taste the past, taste what was going on in a situation while that food was being made, or maybe just before it was being made. So that's a little trick to try. Yep. You want to know why grandma's cooking always tasted better than yours? She made it with love. She was and high it, and happy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so silly, but it is true that um, it is it, the emotions that we put into food really, really do matter. Um, so that is Claire Gustin's. There's not a lot to talk about with it. It's delicious. I think everyone should have a little snacky on it. But now <laughs> I'd like to take uh, a little bit of time to discuss the the equality right before we we sign off here. So all of these gifts, I've said it throughout this entire podcast, all of these gifts are equal. And I've had countless, countless clients come to me and say, but I only have Claire Gustin's. I only have Claire Alien's. I can only hear blank. So I'm going to give you guys some very real examples. And I just want you to appreciate the gifts that you have. So with Claire Gustin, there are people who would kill to have their grandma's pie one last time to be able to taste that you have that gift. That is not something to squander or be resentful about. That is beautiful. How many people would love to smell their husband's aftershave one last time after he passed on his skin? Claire Alien does that. Do not think that this is a small or insignificant gift because there are people whose souls are crushed because they cannot have that experience ever again, and you can, and that is beautiful. There are clairaudient people who would love to hear their child laugh one more time, and they can't because their child is dead. I want you to remember that these gifts are blessings and amazing. None of them are more important or more valid than any of the others. The reason I give these examples is because I've had too many clients come in 
and, and say that their gifts aren't worthy. They are. They're the exact gifts that you are meant to have. They are the gifts using the senses that you resonate most with in your soul. Honor your soul. It is awesome. It is amazing. It, you get excited about all of them, any of them, any combination, any potency. They are great. So those are the examples that I always tell people because they're very real. And now you have perspective. So before we sign off, my lovely co-host, is there anything else you guys want to say about the Claire's in general? I do. Um, you know, kind of adding to that, some of us who have been able to develop multiple Claire's, I know I developed mine predominantly through extreme trauma events. It's not something I would wish upon anybody. Whichever Claire that you have, embrace it, love it. You know, I, it's, it, it, granted, that's not always the case, how you gain more and more Claire's in your life. And yes, it is possible to gain Claire's. Um, but that's one thing I want to point out is that Oftentimes when you're thrown into survival mode repeatedly, these clairs come out. It's like a switch that gets flipped on. Now, again, that's not all the time, but I know that's how I got a lot of mine. Um, I appreciate them. It sucks the way I got them, but... I am grateful for them. So that that's just kind of another thing to kind of consider too. There was a little emo there, but. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Maya, any final parting wisdom for, for our lovely listeners about the Claire's? No, I just want to encourage the listeners to um, catch the next episode for part two, because there was so much to cover that we got lots more yet to do. That's right. Uh, we will be covering. So in this episode, we have covered the Claire's and they are fabulous and they're based on the senses. So next time we will be covering the Tellas. So telepathy, telekinesis, those types of things. And. It is an amazingly powerful and complex topic. So you better want it. Like, you're going to want to tune in. It's going to be so fascinating. Yeah. I am so stinking excited for that episode, too, because I have got quite an example of teleporting um, and actually freezing moments of time. So I'm excited for it. Can't wait. A lot of great topics coming up. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So thank you everyone again for tuning in to this episode of Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns. Thank you to Maya and Gia and to myself, Lily of the Light, for <laughs> hosting this, for being amazing, for having totally diverse experiences to be able to talk about the Claire's in such a succinct and really amazing way to give real life experiences to people and thank all of you for tuning in remember like share follow comment we want to hear from you other than that everyone have a great day and enjoy your clairs however they present to you thank have a you great night. you too have Blessed a great night everybody you.